It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Makai Becton, ladies and gentlemen, human beings that large should not run as fast as Makai Becton did. And if you like people just abusing other humans, the Makai Becton tape is for you. Denzel Mims with another monster score of 70 yards. Quick pass to Crowder trying to get him out of space. Slopes a tackle, and there he goes. Crowder, it's a foot race, and Crowder is in there. A 69-yard touchdown. Takes a shot. Here's Corey Davis, wide open. Davis. Still going, and he's in for the touchdown. He'll hit immediately when he got the handoff. And that's the q Oh, my gosh. Listen, thank you. From the playlikeajet.com digital studios, this is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at playlikeajet1. And we are doing off-season reviews, so I thought I'd bring in my friend who is now celebrating 25 years working for the Associated Press. Unbelievable. What a run. That's magical right there when we're talking about the media. Most people don't last that long at one outlet, but my next guest has lasted that long, and I think that he's going to last for as long as he feels like because he's great at doing his job, which is covering the New York Jets for the Associated Press. Also happens to have the best taste in music of any reporter on the New York Jets beat, Dennis Wazak Jr. Dennis, thanks so much for coming back on the show, brother. Congrats on 25 years with the AP. Thank you so much, Scott. Yeah, man, it's uh, it's been quite a ride. Um, you know, a lot of uh, a lot of nights, weekends, holidays, uh, missed uh, family events, and all that. But uh, you know, I wouldn't trade it. It's been uh, really cool uh, to experience. Just kind of working my way up um, through the AP Sports Department as an agate clerk first. And uh, if you guys don't know what that is, back in the day when there were newspapers and people would get them all the time, you'd see standings and scores from the, the games from the night before and all of that. And we as a crew had to basically get all of those those games and make the standings up and make sure all the, the scores were in the uh, in the stats and the standings every night and just, you know, kind of worked from there and did some baseball and uh, Mets and Yankees for a few years and, and ran the overnight desk. And in 2006, became the full-time beat writer for the Jets. And uh, here I am. It's been crazy ever since. <laughs> if there's one thing that you probably would like to change, if I were to guess, it's that over the last 10 years when the Jets were this bad, you would have preferred covering a good football team. 
So let's talk about how Robert Sala and Joe Douglas might be able to help make that happen for you and for me and for all the Jets fans and everybody invested <laughs> in this team. And we'll start with the actual hiring of Robert Sala. Tell me what you think of the choice and then also the process and how it played out. Yeah, you know, I think um, it's one of those rare situations, you know, Scott, as a Jets fan, and when you want a guy, you know, as a co- as a, a fan who wants a coach, and you see all these names get thrown around, how many times over the years has that happened where um, there's the top candidate in the fans' minds, and it doesn't happen, you know, and, and here it was clear that most fans, uh, people in, in football circles, uh, the media thought Robert Sala, that's the guy. And the Jets got that guy. I mean, that right there was a win right off the bat because um, not that this wins any games, but the public opinion is something that the Jets haven't won a lot of over the, the past several years. And especially the last hire, when they hired Adam Gase, like that, that was a tough sell for a lot of Jets fans. And it was never sold for, for many Jets fans in the two years. And, and he never, um, you know, made it worth their while to, to be on board with the hiring, especially last season and, and with everything that went on and a lot of losing. So you get Robert Sala, who is so highly uh, regarded um, and respected and a guy who's up and coming and a guy who's paid his dues and he's won, he's seen winning. Um, he's got that attitude, you know, and I think a lot of it is um, let's face it. We, as people in the media, pe- people f- who are fans, you like to see some energy. You like to see the excitement. You like seeing some buzz and you haven't had that since Rex Ryan. So there was a little bit of that in there. You know, you got um, a guy who's, fired up on the sideline but also which the thing that was cool I thought was when you talked to him and you saw him in his introductory press conference and then uh, moving forward he's very calm he's got it, you know behind closed doors and and in public but he gets fired up for the games and I think people the players uh, in particular feed off that and I think there has been a definite change in the vibe and I know, like, that's kind of one of those things, like, what does that mean? You just feel it. You know, there's something – we haven't really been out at the facility much, and uh, hopefully that uh, changes over the next uh, few weeks and, and few months as we get into training camp and then the regular season. But you just feel that there's a positive vibe that's, that's kind of going through when you pair up a guy like Robert Sala with a guy like Joe Douglas, and those guys are running things, and you feel that – things are going to be moving forward now because the Jets got that coaching hire right. They got the guy that everybody thought they should get. So I think all of that all combined, uh, that was a major win for the Jets in this offseason. So um, it, it, there's excitement, like I said, that positive vibe. And and um, that's a good starting point for that for the this offseason. That was a, the perfect starting point for the Jets. What did you think of the staff he put together? That's, you know, one of those things where it's, it's tough to say because when you look at the group, it's like, uh, you know, okay, you know, Jeff Ulbrich, um, you know, Michael Fleur, okay, those guys, you know, he has experience with those guys. Um, I, there, there weren't any names. Like when, when Adam Gase was hired and you, know, you got Greg Williams in and 
you know, some of the other coaches who came in and they were bigger names. I don't think you have a big name uh, coaching staff, but I think you have guys who Robert Sala wants and, and trusts. And I think that's the key. We might not know exactly what these guys can do, but he's really basing his decision on what he knows about these people and what he thinks they can do to help this entire team grow with him. So I think you have to kind of just trust that, okay, he knows what he's doing. I mean, the Michael LaFleur move was, was very, um, you know, like, of course, you know, that's, that's the guy, like he'll bring him in. He saw what he, he could do and, and all that. The, the one move I did really like was them bringing Leon Washington into the fold, mm-hmm. be it a, a, you know, assistant special teams coach with uh, Brant Boyer, which was another move I thought was really good keeping him in the mix. So, um, so, we'll, you know, we'll see. And I, I think, it's a staff that, that has room to grow. And I, and I think um, that's the important thing that maybe they don't have those big names and, and, you know, for the most part, um, the flashy, you know, coaching resumes, but um, you know, we'll see how it goes. I mean, if you trust in Robert Sala, then you, you, you know, you got to kind of roll with it and see where it goes. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved. We are gathered here today to, has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Let's talk a little bit about the players that they started to bring in here and the ones that they got rid of. We'll start with internal free agency and the cuts that were made. They said goodbye to players like Henry Anderson. No big surprise there. They kept Marcus May on the franchise tag. We'll see if they end up working out a long-term deal. What did you think of what the Jets did before going outside for a look at other teams' free agents with the players they had in-house? Yeah, I thought... um... It probably played out the way I figured it would be. I thought one guy who might have had a shot at coming back, or two guys actually, uh, Terrell Basham, I thought maybe you know having a guy who showed some, some promise off the edge and, um, and, and really kind of came on at the end of last season that he might be a fit in uh, Salah's defense just from that standpoint, just having that guy there. But um, he went to Dallas. Um, I think uh, Neville Hewitt uh, – you know, he, he was a nice player. I, I don't think they viewed him 
ultimately as a starter um, in this defense. Um, but I think, especially with C.J. Mosley coming back, you know, I, and and they signed Jared Davis. I, there wasn't a spot for Neville Hewitt, but um, he really was able to hold his own and would have been a nice uh, extra piece, you know. But I, I guess it was too expensive to have him to to bring him back. And uh, he went to the Texans, where Jordan Jenkins also went, and I, I didn't think he would uh, be back. So that wasn't a surprise to me. Um, like Perriman, um, Frankie Louvu, guys like that. Uh, not surprised. Uh, Brian Poole, I thought, would be a guy that they would bring back. And, I, you know, I thought probably up until the draft that there was still a chance that he would be back. Uh, I don't know that that's the case now because of some of the guys that they drafted and brought in uh, who could kind of play that nickel role and uh, be the third corner or, you know, a number two. So I don't think he'll be back. So I'm kind of surprised. And I'm, I'm surprised he hasn't been picked up or signed by anybody at this point in the off season. So um, another guy was Mollette, you know, a guy that, that physical uh, defensive back. And when they moved him to safety from corner, he really kind of shined, you know, it, it wasn't, uh, you know, all pro level, but he was a guy who could make plays and, and a guy who would have been a nice piece, but uh, uh, Pittsburgh signed him. So, um, I, I don't think that they really lost a lot from what they, you know, had from last year or previous years. And, and it became clear that they were going to move on from a lot of those guys who uh, were free agents and, and hitting free agency. I, it just um, like a guy like, uh, you know, on or, you know, guys like that who are still out there, maybe, you know, they can, bring him back but I, I think they just wanted to clean some house you know and bring in fresh blood and, and kind of bring in the guys that that kind of really fit in Robert Sala's mind on both sides of the ball what did you think of the external free agents they brought in they beefed up the receiving group a little bit with Corey Davis and Keelan Cole they finally went out and spent some money and invested in a pass <laughs> rusher on the outside and Carl Lawson which they haven't done since Calvin Pace, if we're being honest about it. It's crazy how little they've invested yeah. in that position. And then you take a look at some of the other moves that they made across the way. Sheldon Rankin's coming in here, LaMarcus Joyner. These are guys that are lower-key additions on light, short-term deals, but still could help the defense. What do you think of these moves that were made by the Jets here in free agency? Yeah, I, I really like the Lawson deal. I think that's a guy who could really, like you said, you know, be a Calvin Pace type, where but but better, you know, more consistent as far as as being a pass rusher. I I like that they took that chance and finally brought somebody in like that who could could really be a, a you know a pain in the, the the neck for quarterbacks, and they really needed that type of guy. So that was a good move there, and I like the Corey Davis signing. I think he will complement the other guys that they have now. Uh, just it's, I mean, you look at that wide receiving core now and you're like, well, that that's kind of what, it, you know, it would have been nice for Darnold to have guys like that. You combine Crowder and Corey Davis and Denzel Mims and Keelan Cole and Elijah Moore. It's like, wow, okay. You, you could do some things with those guys. And you, you bring in a guy like Tevin Coleman who, 
can either be probably not a number one at this point, but he's had that experience and he has versatility. He's a guy who can catch the ball out of backfield um, and make plays. And you add him to that mix that they have with, um, you know, Ty Johnson and, and, you know, it's not, that'll be an interesting spot to look at in training camp, that running back group. Um, what happens there because they have some solid guys, but there's nobody really, you know, maybe Michael Carter comes out of that and, and really becomes, you know, a star we'll see. But, um, and then when you look at the defensive guys that they sign on the line, like other than Lawson, when you add Sheldon Rankins and Vinnie Curry, like, yeah, that's, you know, man, that, that defensive line is going to be good. Uh, and I, like, I don't have any, you know, I'm not, being cautious saying that you know like i think that's a key right there and that will help with the back end as well i think that's they know they have some issues or um instability or questions in the secondary uh beyond marcus may so now if you put all that pressure up front with all these guys like that that will help that back end develop also i think and you can do some things um, you know, with those guys and that LaMarcus Joyner signing, that could be a really like low key, somewhat under the radar, big time signing because of the versatility and what he could do and br- making him a safety and allowing Marcus May to do what he can do. So, so that I, I think they, they did well. I think, you know, he did a solid B in free agency, you know, maybe not an A because there wasn't like that, that big time number one playmaker on either side, but I, they, they did well. And I think it could rise in the grade if, you know, some of these guys really, uh, you know, pan out and, and do well. And uh, Keelan Cole's another one. Oh, that's a guy who got him cheap and come in and, and make some plays. So good. I, I think it was a good off season for Joe Douglas with free agency. Dennis, since you brought up Sam Darnold, let's talk a little bit about him. Did you think it was the right move for the Jets to move on from Sam Darnold? Did you think that the return they got from Carolina was enough? And how surprised are you on a scale from 1 to 10 that this is the way it ended for him here? I am very surprised that it ended this way. I would say if 10 is the like most surprised, I, I probably would go almost to a 10. I'd say you know it's a 9. You know, because you never know with these guys when you draft them. But the thing is, Scott, like when three years ago when we were talking about this guy, everybody was all in on him and thought, this is going to be the guy. This is the guy that the Jets have been looking for for decades. And that wasn't just some talking heads talking. You know, that was a lot of people with a lot of football experience and knowledge saying that, that, wow, you know, the Jets got their guy and a lot of people were wrong. You know, it turned out a lot of people were wrong and it could turn out that maybe they weren't totally wrong and that Sam Darnold's going to go to Carolina and be a solid quarterback. But we saw enough over the three years to make you say he probably wasn't the guy here. And that's unfortunate because it was a, it was a really weird thing, a weird dynamic in the off season as this was playing out because you had a guy in Sam Darnold who generally was well-liked publicly. The fans liked him. The media liked him. People like him. He's a good guy. Like there's, you know, nothing 
to not like. He, he answered questions like a pro. He, he handled himself. So you didn't want to see it end like that for him. But at the same time, I understood where fans were at with that saying, you know, but it's time to go. So I think the way that it played out, the, what they got with the, the second and the fourth and the sixth, I think at that point, that was the way to go, especially when they locked in on Zach Wilson and they knew like, hey, we can do this. And the number one thing with that whole situation was the money. When you're looking at that guaranteed money going into next year and then knowing like, okay, you have to make a call this offseason on the fifth year and we still don't know if he is truly the guy. Like there were so many question marks and financially that it could really set the team back if they didn't just press the reset button. And that was the common uh, phrase that you heard, uh, you know, during this offseason that Joe Douglas pressed reset on the quarterback position and really on, on everything with the coaching staff and, and the roster now. But yeah, I, I, it's, I think if Darnold didn't have that financial, uh, you know, the obligation to him, I think maybe the Jets would have taken a chance, but once they knew that Zach Wilson could come in here and they thought that he could probably be the guy and, they could start it, you know, from from day one, contract-wise. Well, it seemed like the logical business move, and um, and they're getting a, a kid who they they like, you know, and and they think that could thrive in this system and in this market. So, um, you know, it's it's too bad that Sam Darnold got only three years, but it would have been a really tough sell to fans that you know we passed on these quarterbacks to keep that quarterback and then next year you're in the same boat as you're in now. So I think it played out the way it had to and uh, unfortunate for Darnold, but I think he's in a good spot now. So, and I think the jets are in a good spot and their fans as well. So it kind of worked out. We'll see what happens though. Dennis, you said you think Darnold's in a good spot now. You think that's a good fit for him in Carolina? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. And I think um, being in Carolina, is different, obviously, than being in the New York, New Jersey area as far as the market. I think, um, you know, just from that aspect, I don't think the, the microscope is so much on you. Although, you know, the Panthers fans know what the Jets, um, you know, what the Panthers gave up and, um, you know, took themselves out of the mix for some of these quarterbacks and they're trusting in Darnold at this point. Uh, but, you have a Christian McCaffrey there, you know, you have Robbie Anderson there. He's, he's going in there with some really solid weapons on offense. And he's got Joe Brady there who will try to like work with him and, and maybe give him the coaching that he so did not have here in his three years with the jets. So yeah, I, I I do think that that's a a good spot for him. And um, I could see him being a very solid quarterback in Carolina. I don't know that he'll ever be a superstar, which is what you hope out of Zach Wilson, but um, I, I just don't, you know, I, I think he'll be okay there. Dan Hanses from the Around the NFL podcast said he thinks Darnold's ceiling now is probably a better, more athletic version of prime Andy Dalton. I think that's pretty fair, right? Huh. Yeah, that's a good, yeah, that's definitely a good one because, you know, and I, I think Andy Dalton gets a little bit of a bad rap because mm-hmm. of, 
of all the losing the Bengals did at one point, and he wasn't a superstar, but he was very solid. Mm-hmm. And they went to the playoffs, you know, several times with him. And um, you know, he's he's probably in that middle tier of quarterbacks who you're not going to lose because of him. You might not win because of him, but he's solid. As a matter of fact, I thought that the Jets would be in on him last year and then this year, like just trying to bring him in as, as somebody who could be a backup. Um, but clearly he, you know, he's got still some starter starting ability. So um, yeah, that, that is a really good comparison and not just because of the red hair. So <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> it's funny because I think that with Andy Dalton, yeah, it's disappointing if you draft a guy at number three overall and he turns into Andy Dalton. However, if you trade a second rounder, a fourth rounder, and a sixth rounder for a prime version of Andy Dalton who's got more athletic upside, that's not too bad. So if that's what Carolina gets out of the deal, that's a pretty solid deal for them. And it'll work out well for the Jets if their draft pick at number two overall, Zach Wilson, works out. So let's talk a little bit <laughs> about the draft, Dennis. We'll start with Zach Wilson. How early on did you think in your mind that it was pretty much a guarantee that he was going to be the pick at number two because we'd heard whispers for quite a while? And then talk to me a little bit about what you know about the process that the Jets went through to arrive at this decision and why they're so optimistic that Zach Wilson can be the guy that we all thought Sam Darnold would be three years ago. I flip-flop so much, like admittedly, on the Darnold situation throughout the offseason that I, it was hard for me to put my finger on what the Jets would do with Darnold because I thought there really was um, some feeling in the building that they could, they could move forward with him, that they could win with Darnold and, and go on and he could be successful and continue to be uh, the face of the franchise, the quarterback, the, you know, the franchise quarterback and all that. Um, and it wasn't until really what everybody else says as well, the pro day. When the Jets got to that pro day, and you saw what Zach Wilson was doing at the pro day. And I mean, you can't base everything on a pro day, obviously, but I even asked Joe Douglas about like, when did you know for sure? Like, this is your guy. And he said, we kind of knew going into that, but when we left that pro day, pro day, that really, really cemented it. And I think that's kind of the vibe that you got that, okay, it's not going to be fields. It's going to be, Wilson and that that's it like Sam Darnold is gone and they're gonna go heavy after this guy and there there was a lot of scouting obviously whatever they could do Um, and really at this time last year Zach Wilson wasn't on anyone's radar you know not not um, like us you know what I mean like you me like we uh, you know kid oh he's he's okay like you never thought that that would be the number two pick and the season that he had and just man, he's got a ton of talent and that accuracy and the arm and being able to throw off balance and out of play action and different things like that. That's the guy, when you look at the offense that the Jets want to run under Michael Floor, now it's like, okay, well, man, this guy fits. I mean, Fields did too, um, but I think there, there, was just, there were just a few things about him that they thought could, could really – you know, be the guy here. And uh, it'll be interesting to see when, when you look at those two guys, Fields and Wilson, how they 
develop over the next few years. But I, I just think um, the whole total package um, of, of what Zach Wilson can bring, despite the lack of uh, big-time opponent experience, I think they just think that you know he's got just so much in there. Um, but I, I, I wor- not worry, but I, I'm concerned over some of that, that, that lack of experience, that, that um, maybe he doesn't have the, the size, especially he doesn't have the size like Justin Fields or like Trey Lance, like guys like that. But so you wonder, okay, you know, hopefully he can hold up, you know, in the NFL and, and they're going to have to do a good job at protecting him. And I think that's kind of what they wanted to do in the draft as well. Joe Douglas knows that he's got to keep this kid upright. You know, they got to, they got to make sure he can do, he, he's healthy enough to do what he can do. I mean, look, Sam got beat up, you know, he really did over the last three years, especially the last two. And, and um, you don't want to see that again. Like you, you saw what happens when you don't have stability on the offensive line. So they, they need to make sure that that is priority number one. And just having this kid who's such a dynamic, young talent, like you've got to take care of him. How do you think he's going to fit here, not only as a player, but as a person? Do you think it's going to work out? I wasn't sure because, you know, you hear different things. Um, You know, at first you hear, oh, he comes from a very wealthy family and he's well-to-do and all that. But then when you dig deeper and and you go beyond all, all the, you know, just kind of talk, and you see that, you know, he worked his butt off to get to where he was at uh, at BYU and, and to become a starter there and to become a star there. Um, he knows what he's got to do. And, and I like that he's got confidence and borderline cockiness. Um, he's got – he really does. When you talk to, to Zach Wilson, you even see some of Sam Darnold in him just like kind of like confident – and won't get too high, won't get too low. He handles things. I think he'll be fine. After seeing all that, I know, um, you know, just uh, he's a big family person, as was Sam, um, or as is Sam. You know, you you see that he's got a good base. Um, So I think all of that will help. And I I like what I saw that, you know, hey, he's staying around the facility. He's going to stay here and and just kind of – bond with the guys they were at the islanders game a bunch of the old linemen and and zach wilson and uh you know just hanging out at uh game four uh game three the other night uh, on saturday and uh, like that i mean just seeing that that's cool he's he's trying to to get himself uh you know just kind of get to know everybody who's going to be protecting him up front and all that all those guys these are all little things that you want to see and um like I, i think he'll be fine and i think if he can win and be successful, he, he will be a giant here, you know, in pardon the pun, he will be a, a, a giant sports figure here if he can win, because it's just uh, like, you know, a, a New York quarterback, New York Jets quarterback, you haven't had that star who's had that successful, consistently successful uh, stretch in a career. I mean, Ken O'Brien gets a bad rap too. He's a guy who had some success and you look back cause he wasn't Dan Marino. It's like, okay, he wasn't, you know, Dan Marino, but he at least lasted a long time and he was very uh, productive over a long period of time. You haven't had that. 
with the Jets. I mean, Chad might have had that, but he got hurt. You know, Sanchez, we know what happened there. Gino, uh, Darnold, like, just, okay, maybe this is the guy. So they need to do everything they can to make sure he's okay. And, uh, you know, I think he will be mentally fine here in New York. That's going to wrap up part one of our off-season review with Dennis Wazak covering the Jets for the Associated Press. We'll have part two tomorrow. In the meantime, make sure that you're following Dennis on Twitter and checking out everything he's writing for the Associated Press. And check out everything we're doing over at playlikeajet.com. John Grella's got a really good piece up right now talking about how players are figuring out how to use their leverage to get out of situations they don't want to be in. We saw Jamal Adams do it with the Jets, and now Julio Jones appears to be trying to do it with the Atlanta Falcons, so that's up right now. He's our secret Dakota ring, John Grella, former three-year communications director with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, so he knows how all these things work. little peel behind the curtain, if you will. And you can check out all the great videos we've got up at our Play Like a Jet YouTube channel. Luke Grant just put a brand new review up of a Zach Wilson game against Western Kentucky. Plus, he's got reviews of Elijah Moore, Michael Carter, and a whole lot more. Kayla Pace has her commentaries up, Pace's playbook, so that's available right now. Subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already, and give us a five-star review on iTunes if you haven't done that already as well. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts and content, you know where to go. That's Play Like a Jet Digital and PlayLikeAJet.com. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. Okay, here's the situation. Our daughter Mia is leaving for her first sleepover. We have friends coming to stay, and we just got a puppy. So I go on Instacart and solve everything in one order from Kohl's. Fun PJs for Mia. Oh, new bedding for the guest room. And a vacuum cleaner that actually picks up pet hair all delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. With Kohl's on Instacart, there's no such we can't fix. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum order. Additional terms apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at chumpacasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. 
Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.